Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Welcome back to the Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church in North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 290. It is October the 4th, 2015. It's good to be back behind this microphone. And today, on behalf of the North Korean Church, we've been reading through Hackberry House, Volume 1. Some of this is online already. I'm putting it in a little different format this time. But it's the same message that North Korea needs your help. These stories are a few years old, but much has stayed the same. You'll get the flavor of present-day North Korea by listening to these stories of just a few years ago. Let's talk about Mr. Kim, the church organist. Mr. Kim. Now, for those who may not have had time to go through Bradley Martin's 700-page book about the history of the Kims in North Korea, it's called Under the Loving Care of the Fatherly Leader. You can get it in most uh, any bookstore. But anyway, let me be a tour guide for you through that book. And it's going to take a while. We won't do it just in this article, but in articles to come. Here's one for you, one of the stories. Who would have imagined that the man whose rule wiped out nearly every trace of religion, Christian religion, in North Korea, except worship of himself, you know, had been until his late teens not only a churchgoer, but moreover, a church organist. The young Kim was both of those things. We're talking about Kim Il-sung, the first dictator of North Korea. Uh, experience in church-related activities played a considerable role in training one of the most successful mass leaders and propagandists in the history of the world, not to mention providing a model for his own eventual elevation to divine status. One thing the families of both of his parents had in common was that they were both Christian churchgoers. His family, his mother, his wife's family, they were both Christian churchgoers. The patriotism of Kim's family members, like that of many other Koreans, was linked with Christianity. Protestant and, to a lesser extent, Catholic churches flourished in the Korean communities following the 1882 treaty with the United States. Pyongyang, in particular, was such fertile ground for American mission work that the city became known as Korea's Jerusalem. So what happened? The putting out of the light of the candlesticks. Now, I, I just end quoted, uh, end of quote for Bradley Martin, and now this is me talking. The putting out of the light of the candlesticks in the book of Revelation was always viewed as a judgment. Did the churches lose their focus, their first love, their zeal? Is antichrist-like destruction inevitable once it starts? Surely the end-time man of sin will defeat believers 
sending them to glory. Why have the two Kims been given this authority in our time? And is America about to enter a similar judgment? I have no answers on that, only some pretty decent questions. And being involved with North Koreans makes one think about a whole lot of things. I want to move to another author. I think I mentioned her before, the Korean Haley Lee. What promises keep you going from day to day? Christians want to believe that the promises of God are sufficient, that they're being guided along a pathway that will broaden into a glorious tomorrow with Christ himself. And may it be so. For the world, it is definitely not so. The world believes the lie. Nowhere is this more symbolically and actually true than in North Korea, the land of lies. I quote from a book written in 2002 by Haley Lee, a Korean. It's called In the Absence of Sun. Um, she assisted in the liberating of several of her family members from North Korea. Once more, I have to remind you that the lifestyle of Christ is not promoted in this book by Haley Lee, only alluded to, but nine of her family was in focus for release. But on the first attempt at freeing them, only four could be pried loose. Imagine it. Here was a chance to leave. But the empty promises from Pyongyang were too real to ignore. Of all the children, Mun Churl could have convinced his mother to escape, but he couldn't see beyond his diploma, and he ran back to school. As angry as I am with him, now this is Haley's father speaking, as angry as I am with him, I know he doesn't know any better. Since birth, he's been fed their propaganda. At 25, a young man's the most passionate and idealistic. Well, I, that's Haley again now, the author, tried to step back from who I was and, and I looked at it from Mun Churl's standpoint. He probably knew nothing about the world outside and what it could offer him. All he knew was what the party's propaganda pumped into him. The party controlled the newspapers and broadcasting stations. The Korean Central Television Station in Pyongyang offered only three channels. Other cities only received one channel. North Korea had just two AM radio networks and one FM network. Radio dials were fixed to receive only designated frequencies, preventing the reception of foreign broadcasts that might reveal the truth to its citizens. Fear cripples people, says her grandmother, and prevents them from making good decisions. The Reds control them with fear, that is the communists. Their brains are washed. End of quote. Eternally, there is not much difference between the various lives that keep people from God and heaven. But while we sit here on this side of the river, we gaze in horror at the extent to which the enemy will deceive those whom he desires to destroy. Will you pray for North Koreans? 
today. Let's go to another story. It's called, My Father Should Have Been Killed by a Firing Squad. A thanks again to Haley, or I call her Haley, Lee. Five years ago, from, the, well, I suppose 10 to 12 years ago now, gave us the book In the Absence of Sun, as I, re I said before. And this is not a specifically Christian perspective of the North Korean situation, but I find her narrative fascinating, most informative. At this point in the story, the long-lost uncle in the family has been found and rescued from North Korea. And so they asked him, Lee Young Woon Si, what would you like to do when you get to South Korea? Young Woon uncle paused to reflect. More than anything else, I want to do something good for the church. And he was inspired all of a sudden and he, he began singing a hymn that he had memorized from his childhood. I don't have the tune here, but the words are, Without Jesus, there is no hope. Jesus, you are my life and my friend. Without your presence, I could not exist, not even live for a moment. May I awake each morning with you in my heart. May I sleep each night with you in my thoughts. When I labor in the fields, may you be my overseer. When I'm alone at home, may I feel your overwhelming love. Even if a fish can live outside of the water, still our spirit apart from you cannot survive. That's the end of that song that he was singing in front of Haley Lee, just all of a sudden inspired to sing about it. Well, young Woon Uncle suddenly stopped singing, and he sees his daughter, Iran. Her eyes were shooting warning sparks at him. My father's a bad person. He could never be a true communist. He hid the hymns in his heart all those years. He should have been purged. He should have been killed. This is his daughter speaking. He should have been killed by the firing squad. Iran, A-E-R-A-N, laughed nervously brushing back a wayward wisp of hair. Haley says, her response blew my mind. I didn't say Kim Il-sung is bad, young Woon uncle said, almost in desperation, trying to explain himself. Believing in Jesus Christ means you respect the United States, says Aaron, the daughter. Father should have been singing worshipful hymns to our great leader instead. Aaron suddenly brightened her expression and began to sing a song of her own. Here was her song, again words only. At dawn in the morning I am thinking about our great leader. In the evening, looking at the moon, I am thinking about our comrade leader. Aran sang with such sincerity and affection that I began to understand a little better why they did what they did. North Korea's system and ideology were so powerful they could turn one family member against another. You couldn't trust your own spouse or children for fear they'd betray you if you said anything against the party. And to them, this was normal. Read this, folks. Listen to this today. 
and weep with me. Oh my God, how long? How long shall this cancer called North Korea exist on the planet? Oh God, rise up, living God, rise up and deliver us from this evil. That was my prayer back then. It's still my prayer today. I hope it's your prayer. We've got time for one more little piece here. It's called For the Strong-Hearted Only. And we're still in that same book. I think this might be the last quote from that book, at least for a while. <clears throat> I quote from her today to point out to you a few more of the gruesome details of life in this suburb of hell. My intention is to startle us, all of us, into more and more prayer and brokenness. I'm reading her book, page 2425. Asking her Chinese contact across the border how her relative has been eating in North Korea, she is told, quote, well, they only earn about 20,000 won. Now, that's about $22 uh, U.S. in 1997, $20 a month, which used to be enough to survive on with the help of government food rations. These days, rations don't come for months, if they come at all. When asked how they have managed to stay alive, their hosts will reply, well, they're, they're living merely because they're not dead. It's the thought of their family in America that keeps them going. You're the source of their energy. People like them who were sent to live in the harsh countryside are the lowest class. The privileged get to live in Pyongyang, where they have modern houses, medical facilities, and special skills. We do as much as we can for them. We save food, package it in large bags, and send it over. Your two nieces and two nephews are wearing all our old clothing. There, people go without socks and underwear during the winters. I've seen so many homeless people and children skinny as sticks. People are dropping dead in the streets, really. In some of the worst stricken areas, I even heard rumors that when someone dies, the family will keep the body in the house until it begins to rot or else neighbors would dig it up and eat it. Being a Chosun person myself, a North Korean, it's devastating to see our own people suffer like that. End of the Haley quote. Devastating indeed. How many of the suffering are our family, that noble clan called Christian? Is Christ being starved in the hermit kingdom's countryside? May God give us grace and means to go to him. I know what you're thinking. Well, if you've been in Christ very long at all, well, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Well, I don't know what to do with that one. I would grant you it's a powerful verse and a wonderful promise, and we should claim it. I can't deny the psalmist, but as I look around the Christian world, not just the world, but the Christian world, I see some of my brothers and sisters uh, are hurting. 
They don't seem to have what they need. Is it because that we have kept it from them? That we have hoarded so many things for ourselves? God has surely put enough food in the world for all of his children and all children and all people, whether they're his children or not. This is a very plentiful, bountiful world. And so if a brother in Christ doesn't have enough to eat, I wonder how that can be traced back. I don't trace it back to God, the, the wonderful father we have. I trace it back to some of his kids who think that everything they get extra is a blessing for them to spend. Well, my speculation. We'll continue with this book called Hackberry House, Volume 1, next time. This is two years that I spent personally um, being a part of North Korea without going there. I went very close to there for a while. Um, paid a little price just for that, but oh, very little compared to the price these people are always paying. I'd like you to have the book. Just go to Amazon.com or you can go to www.createspace.com and the number is 3914024. That's after a forward slash. Now I've mixed you up real good. www.createspace.com forward slash 3914024. God bless you today for being here. Tomorrow we can finally get back to that prophecy about locusts. I'm, I'm interested. I can't wait to dig back in myself. I hope you'll be here tomorrow. Don't forget the scripture we started with in Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. <laughs>